You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, as everybody knows, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are always open. Any requests, uh, you know, Dr. Phil moments, as you Browns fans may need them these days. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, at Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. We appreciate everybody. Takes time out each and every day to... <clears throat> Make Locked On Browns your first listen. Uh, always getting a kick uh, as Spotify Raps is out today. And seeing just about the amount of time that some of you spend here with us on Locked On Browns. I don't know what to thank you or, you know, advise you to seek some mental health help. But, hey, either way, we're all along for this crazy ride. Got a fun one today. Um, with it being bye week, we're allowed to open things up here a little bit. Uh, can kind of get off the schedule here a little bit. And we always, during the bye week, try to, you know, take some time, start talking NFL draft. And A number one, I'm excited for this guest um, just because he, he's fantastic. A number two, I'm actually excited to have him on here. Congratulate him. I've talked with Jordan Reed a number of times over the years on Locked on Browns. And I knew from day one that Jordan Reed was headed to, you know, great, great expectations. His work ethic, the way he conducted himself, all of those things were just top shelf. And, you know, there was no question, you know, big things were to come. And now part of the ESPN NFL draft team, Jordan, first things first, again, congratulations. Second of all, what's this ride been like, bro? Well, first and foremost, Jeff, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure being here. The Browns are one of my favorite teams to talk about just because they have one of my favorite evaluators in the entire NFL and Andrew Barry. So thank you so much for the warm welcome. And, you know, being a part of the four letter network is something that I didn't see actually happening. This fast, you know, I'm not one to really set a whole bunch of goals, but obviously working for the mothership is one that everybody dreams of growing up as a kid, watching Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, and now being able to call those guys co-workers and having conversations with them over the past few weeks. It's, it's been a lot to take in, but I'm blessed to be here, and I'm just humbled about the entire experience. Yeah, kind of a whole new world, right? Honey, give me a second. Uh, I, I've got to return this email from Mel Kuyper, so just give me a couple minutes. Let me get on this. Yeah, things that you probably thought would never really come up at the dinner table anytime soon. But again, um, you know, to make it in this business, you've got to conduct yourself in a certain manner and certainly put in the work. And I had zero doubts that, you know, Jordan was going to be that type of guy. And, you know, he found, <clears throat> obviously, you know, great, uh, you know, great heights thus far. Uh, in his career here. Uh, we do want to talk some Browns here. Um, and we certainly want to talk NFL draft. And I guess we'll stick on the NFC, on the offensive side of the ball. Jordan, uh, the Browns right now, and look, you know, whatever's going on with the offense, and, you know, for anybody who says, oh, we can point, you know, fingers squarely on one person, I don't think it's truly fair or right. Um, the Browns right now are in the same exact skill spot that they were last year. These same exact players. Last year, the play calling was excellent. Last year, Baker Mayfield was not injured. Baker Mayfield was executing, even though this offense had no ability to get vertical. Um, you look at this wide receiver room, obviously Odell Beckham Jr., they tried it one last time, didn't work. They had moved on from there. Jarvis Landry, maybe he returns to the Browns. I don't think it's going to be at a cap number anywhere near 14 or $15 million. 
Rashard Higgins, I don't know how he comes back for a third year. And which leaves a room basically consisted of maybe going to 2022 with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz. With this offense, there's a couple of things here. Look, there's always going to be free agent wide receivers available. But with the diversity of targets spread out over everybody, it's maybe not always the biggest draw free agent wise, which makes me think this wide receiver class here, which looks to be yet another good one, Jordan, could be pretty crucial to you know the Browns finding a way to get some guys in here who can get vertical, some guys in here who have the ability to create after the catch. All right, so I'll just start at the top. And the great thing for the Browns is that I think the great thing for them is that in this draft class, you have a plethora of different types of wide receivers that really fit in the wheelhouse of Andrew Barry as far as age and then also production. And the first player that I'll talk about is Jamison Williams from Alabama. And he has a really interesting story in that he really was buried on that Ohio State depth chart a year ago. He was behind that fantastic trio that we're seeing this year of Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, then also the super sophomore and Jackson Smith and Jigba, a player that we'll be talking about a lot this time next year. So with Jameson Williams, he was that number four guy a year ago, really buried on the depth chart. But now he transfers to Alabama and he's really turned into their primary target. And he's the only player in program history to have four touchdowns of 75 plus yards. So that goes to show you the different type of dynamic and the down the field aspect that he brings to the game. And I think that's something that's really missing from the Browns offense right now. And I know they want Anthony Schwartz to be that guy, but I think as far as the ceiling and upside, I think Jameson Williams brings a different type of dynamic and down the field ability than what Schwartz does bring to the table. And then the next guy that I'll talk about is Garrett Wilson from Ohio State out of that trio that we just talked about. I think he's the best wide receiver amongst any in this entire class. And I had him pegged to the Browns with number 20 overall selection in my latest mock draft. You can check that out over at ESPN.com. And I really like this fit just because he's cleaned up the catch consistency from a year ago. And he reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs when he was coming out of Maryland as far as as the body control, the way he plucks the ball out of the air. We saw the great go up and get it type of catch against Michigan. Those are some of the things that he brings to the table on a down-to-down basis. And then the last player that I'll talk about who I think if you're looking for a guy that can create yards after the catch, but also can play any position and Kevin Stefanski can get really creative with is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Go and watch him against Alabama. He was fantastic in that game. He reminds me a lot of A.J. Brown when he was coming out of Ole Miss. He's built like a linebacker, fantastic hands at the catch point, and it is an absolute chore for defenders to bring him down when he has the ball in his hand. So I really like those three guys for Andrew Barry and this regime to target in the first round. Yeah, this it seems, you know, Baker Mayfield has always played better with, you know, receivers who were maybe a little bit taller. Uh, the relationship he had with Rashard Perriman was an interesting one. And just the quarterback in you, Jordan, it seems Baker Mayfield plays better with wide receivers who are not considered top notch. I mean, there was Rashard Perriman. There were times where Rashard Higgins looked really, really good with Baker Mayfield. What is that type of thing about? Like, does it make any sense? It it just seems really weird that a quarterback can develop relationships with guys on a roster that may be four and five that really, really click. But sometimes, I mean, he and Jarvis's relationship has always been pretty good as far as being on the field. But as far as between, like, the relationship on the field between an Odell and a Baker, one that just never worked. 
Yeah, I think there is something to say when you're, you're playing with a star wide receiver. You just want to make sure they get their touches just because we know with wide receivers, they have very strong or dominant personalities. And then <laughs> when they're not getting the football, they're going to let you know about it. And I think that's what happened with Odell. And, you know, he wasn't a super out uh, outspoken person up until it just got to his breaking point. And we know we don't have to go into detail about that. But we know with wide receivers, they're always going to be outspoken when they're not getting the football. So I think that's something that really sticks into the back of the head of Baker Mayfield a lot as far as this guy. This guy has to get his touches, get him into the rhythm of the flow of the offense. But when he's playing with these lower tier or lesser name guys, he can play so freely just because they don't have a overwhelming or super dominant type of personality. They're not really worried about numbers. They just want to get the football and see what they can do with it. So I've never had to deal with that issue just because, you know, I've never played in the NFL. I never played with a top flight wide receiver. I've had my go-to targets and things of that nature. So I can't really speak on if Baker is really feeling pressure to get the ball to this guy or this guy. But I think there was something that really was deterring him to get touches to Odell or get touches to Jarvis that I think was having a negative, having a negative effect on his psyche overall, for sure. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult in an offense like this, where it's never going to be, you know, about, you know, other than the running backs essentially getting so-and-so cooking, or it just doesn't work for this offense. It's not the way they do it, um, which, again, for, you know, anybody, the free agent class, yeah, it looks great. But, you know, it's difficult sometimes, you know, you're yes, you want to get paid, but you also want to make sure, you know, you're getting, you know, your opportunity. And when this Browns offense runs at its best, it's it doesn't work that way. It's very, very diversified as far as, you know, target share. And that's not going to be very appealing sometimes on the free agent market. We're going to get here. We're going to talk a couple other positions that obviously look like they're going to be, you know, big interest for the Cleveland Browns in the 2022 NFL draft. Have Jordan Reed along for the ride. He's been on before. Always a pleasure having him here on your latest Locked On Browns. Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. Jordan, the Browns have had an issue this year with stopping the run. They've had an issue with the interior defensive line. You know, Malik McDowell was a nice get, but I think his career trajectory maybe goes closer to what Malik Jackson is as far as an interior defensive player. Tommy Togia is in the fold. He hasn't got a lot of run, was uh, not active for Sunday night. I'm not saying he's out of the plans. But the Browns, they need help on the interior of that defensive line with run stuffers. Look, you have Miles Garrett. You have Jadavian Clowney. Clowney plays very disciplined. Miles is more of a, you know, find a gap and shoot it, see if you can disrupt the play there. But you need somebody to anchor the middle of that defensive line. Uh, I know it's it's a varying opinions on this class. Some, you know, I've seen big boards where it's maybe it's 10 guys in the top 150, but maybe only one guy in the top 40. So some thoughts here. If you're trying to address a run-stuffing defensive tackle out of the 2022 class. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting standpoint or angle that the Browns attack 
this year just because, once again, for the second consecutive year, this is just not a good interior defensive line class. And Jordan Davis is the one that is considered the guy at the top of the draft, but I just don't think he's going to be a scheme fit and fit into some of the, the prerequisites that Andrew Barry has at the top of the draft. But after that, you have guys like Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma, who was still waiting on to break out. A lot of people were excited about him, including myself, coming into the year. But it just hasn't happened. Oklahoma, that defense just has been disappointing. So Logan Hall from Houston is another name that could be in the wheelhouse for the for the Browns. But he is a little bit of an older prospect, so he might not even be on their board at all. So mm-hmm. now it comes to the Browns are probably going to have to draft a bigger defensive end that they can slide inside on rundowns just because, The great thing that's on the opposite side or flip-flop of this defensive tackle class compared to the edge class is that this is a loaded defensive end group and you have all different types of body types. So the Browns could go a direction, excuse me, like a DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M, who was a bit of a tweener that could kick inside on rundowns. He kind of reminds you of that Jonathan Allen type of mold of where he can kick kick inside and then also play outside on some passing downs just because that's how he's used at Texas A&M. They could go to a Cameron Thomas at San Diego State, who I think is a really underrated prospect right now, who's probably going to primarily play on the edge. But he's one of the few players that's been able to create constant pressure from the inside and also outside. So there's different angles that they can attack. But I think if I was Andrew Barry in the way that I would go, is you select one of these bigger defensive ends that probably can kick inside on rundowns too. Yeah, because it's going to be key and it's going to be crucial for them to, you know, be able to stop this because um it is certainly with the level of the secondary that you know their secondary has certainly gotten better and better it's to the point now where you know look if we can take the you know four to five yards three to four yards you know and keep you off the field we're going to go this route with it so it's certainly something they're going to have to work on in that respect um you mentioned the edge position and we're going to go to that here um Jadavian Clowney one-year deal Tack McKinley one-year deal Everybody else after that or, you know, some of the also rands that have been here with Cleveland for a couple of years. So you mentioned this class and it does look I mean, it looks pretty loaded. And I think we're starting to get to the evolution, you know, where the wide receivers every year we were turning out great classes, great classes, great classes. Everybody throws the ball so much. I think now, Jordan, we're getting to the point now where we're starting to catch up with it with the edge rushers where, you know, a lot of young men are going to that position earlier than maybe they would. And they're coming out very, you know, well, you know, well refined, talented. And it's part of it is because, you know, you're seeing so much throwing the ball everywhere in the high school level at 30 times a game players, you know, Hey, I don't mind rushing the passer, but I get to hit the quarterback. So I think you're starting to see, you know, the refinement in the evolution of the edge position, you know, due to the fact that spread and throwing the ball is, you know, so much deeper, you know, even at the lower levels of football, you're developing pass rushers earlier. There's some really good ones in this class, and it really looks like the Browns, if not one, maybe might need two out of this class. Yeah, I think so. I think you're spot on with that as far as what they need. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they double dip and get two edge rushers out of this class. It wouldn't surprise me if they do it early, especially one, maybe one-on-one, excuse me, one on day one and another somewhere along on day two or early day three. I think that's an area of where, Andrew Barry could attack maybe a, King, a Kingsley Ignabry from South Carolina. That's another player that I think they could have significant interest in. My Jay Sanders from Cincinnati is another player that they could have interest in as well, as far as somebody that's probably a little bit right on the edge of their age requirements, but also has been a extremely productive during this time at Cincinnati. So it wouldn't surprise me if they 
do go in certain situations or different directions. Now, the the overall you know depth uh, you know of this edge rusher class early. What are we talking? Five, six guys potentially in the top thirty-two. Yeah, and then one guy we didn't even mention that I think is probably going to end up being somewhere in the top fifteen, the top twenty pick is David Ajabo from Michigan, who's playing the opposite of Hayden Hutchinson. So you're talking about Ajabo, Hutchinson, Thibodeau. I think those guys are your definite, probably top ten to top fifteen type of players. Demarvin Leal could definitely be in that discussion. And Nagbury might could him and Sanders probably could stink it to the back end of the first round too. So there's so many different types. I think this from top to bottom, it's not even just in the first round or the second round. I think you have a bunch of intriguing players during the back end of the draft too that I think could end up going somewhere and being productive players as well. Uh, yeah, always a fun group. And look, there is never the amount of you know pass rushing need within the NFL. Um, we're gonna get to a couple other just you know draft uh, you know thoughts here with Jordan Reed. Some that maybe apply to the Browns, maybe some that don't here. Um, but look, it's the bye week, um, and draft talk never sleeps. And you know, in years past, it was a lot of draft talk on lockdown Browns. But even this year, where the expectations maybe haven't been met yet, six and six with five to go. You're not necessarily out of it. So we'll get to it, folks. We'll get to it in due time. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the extra fool you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. They'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. You friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of the Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand, though. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light fluffy and marshmallowy through and through different flavors all covered in chocolate taste so good you won't believe that they are filled with protein go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order jordan the quarterback class the browns obviously probably gonna have some interest maybe bringing in a young quarterback here somebody that could possibly be the future if not the future number one Maybe the future number two, depending on Baker Mayfield and all how and how all of that works out. But Jordan, this quarterback class, and it's always a difficult class when you talk to maybe five or six evaluators and you get a big split as far as who is the number one quarterback in any given class. How's the class for you looking right now, Jordan? Yeah, and it's really interesting just because I think it's much different than what we've seen in years past. And we even going back to last year, we knew the consensus guys at the top were Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, 
Trey Lance, and then also Mac Jones, too. It's a very different vibe from this class. And if you talk to five different draft evaluators, you'll probably get five different QB1s. But the three that you'll probably see at the top right now are Kenny Pickett out of Pitt, who's had a phenomenal year, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, who has been much better this year compared to last year, and then Malik Willis at Liberty. There's some love out there for Sam Howe from UNC, who's played much better after the, the disastrous beginning of the season. And then also Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is another player that a lot of people like. And then Carson Strong from Nevada is another player who has some medical things going on in the background with some knee issues that he's had in the past few years. But he's played phenomenally this year. So six quarterbacks right there. There's so many different guys that you can like or even mention at the top. All right. Now we're sticking here on the offensive side of the ball. How about you know the running back position? Um, I know a lot of people have eyes on the 2023 class, but hey, a little early for that, obviously. Where is this 2022 group of running backs? Because we've seen years where we get three, four in round one. We've seen years where we don't get a running back taken until round two. What's that class looking like? Yeah, you know, it's kind of similar to what we've seen in years past in that there's no really consensus guy at the top. And I know, I know Najee Harris was considered to be that guy last year. Some people were surprised that he ended up going in the first round. But I would be surprised if we do get a first-round running back this year. I know we got another one with Travis Etienne last year, too. So I think with this class, though, it's similar to quarterbacks in that there's such a wide variety of opinions. The thought process behind each one is different, too. Some people have Kenneth Walker from Michigan State at the top, who's shown a significant amount of progress this year ever since he transferred from Wake Forest. Brees Hall from Iowa State, who started off a bit slow this year, but he's come on the the back half of the season, 24 straight games with a touchdown, uh, a rushing touchdown, which was an FBS record that he set this year. Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M is another name that you see mentioned a lot too. So there's so many different shapes and sizes of running backs that come in packages this year that I'm really excited to see where they end up going in this draft class. I think we'll probably have a run on guys probably from that 35 to 65 range. If I had to guess, I think there's probably going to be a run of four five or six guys that we could see go in that range. Uh, I think Browns fans are all for it as they probably most likely are not going to be in that market. Uh, I'm going to flip it up here to the defensive side of the ball. You know, Joe Woods, as much as everybody wanted to write him off in Cleveland, I think this defense is, you know, finally found its footing with all they invested into it. How about the defensive back class? And this may not be one the Browns are going to dip into early, um, but you can never have enough defensive backs because they are so crucial on special teams. You can never have enough corners. You can never have enough safeties. Jordan, some thoughts here on, you know, maybe some guys here in this class uh, who look pretty good and maybe some guys who right now might be being undervalued in your opinion. Oh, this cornerback class is phenomenal. And I think it's even loaded than what we saw in previous years. And at the top, you know, you're going to hear Derek Stingley from LSU that had the phenomenal 2019 season of where he recorded six interceptions. Highly touted freshman coming in, one of the most highest ranked players to ever come into LSU. There's so much respect that they have for him throughout the facility, even though he was banged up the past two years. I think a lot of teams are probably going to bank on what he showed during that fantastic freshman year where LSU had the miraculous national championship run where they went 15-0. and 0. So with Stingley, I think his technique is so good. He's so patient at the line of scrimmage. Fantastic ball skills. He can turn and run with anybody. It really reminds me of Marshawn Lattimore when he was coming out of Ohio State. After that, you have Amaya Gardner from Cincinnati, who I was able to see up close and personal at East Carolina last week. Every bit of six foot three, about 195 to 200 pounds. I think he's probably going to end up going somewhere in the top 20 to 25 picks. Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson is another name that's really come on strong 
had two interceptions against South Carolina a week ago in the rivalry game there. So Roger McCreary is another player from Auburn that you saw what he was able to do against Alabama in the yep. Iron Bowl prior to giving up that two-point conversion to John Mechie, who ran that fantastic route for the game winner against him. But prior to that point, he was phenomenal in that game. So I think there could be a string of four to five corners that you could see end up going in the first round. And I didn't even mention Trent McDuffie from Washington, who's been fantastic this year when, you know, he's been nursing, he's been a little bit banged up, nursing an ankle injury. But outside of that, he's been great this year. All right. Now here's some th thoughts on the safeties. Uh, Joe Woods loves to play him. Um, the Browns, you know, Ronnie Harrison, you know, is a guy who will be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, you know, John Johnson will be here. Grant Delpit has obviously been stepping up. But Joe Woods loves his safeties. You know, who's somebody here, maybe second, third, fourth round. Here's some safeties here that, you know, may have some appeal as far as being good tacklers, being physical and not being afraid to get closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, there's two that I think are really going to appeal to this regime. And the first one is Jordan Battle from Alabama. And you saw his name in the first round of mock drafts coming into the year, but he hasn't been as good as what a lot of people were expecting him to be. So I probably, I think he's probably going to end up going somewhere in that 33 to 50 range. If I had to guess right now, I think that's a fair range for him of where he's going to go. Uh, but he's a versatile guy, can play on the roof, can come down and run support to come down and strike you. I think that's something that's consistent in this game. Jaquan Brisker from Penn State is probably the highest ranked safety amongst all safeties right now. He's that true center field player that's already accepted his invitation to the recent senior bowl. I think he's going to help his stock tremendously. Probably is that late first, early second round guy that I think is probably going to rise as we go through the pre-draft process. But one name I will leave you with that I think is really underrated right now that I think is going to rise tremendously through the pre-draft process, his name is Percy Butler from Louisiana Lafayette. And he's going to be playing in the East-West Shrine game, started off his career at cornerback and then transitioned to safety. He actually leads the nation in forced incompletion rate right now at a little bit over 42%. He can come down and play strong safety. He can sit on the roof and play strong, excuse me, sit on the roof and play free and come down and play strong too. Fantastic on special teams as well, has over 400 snaps in that area of the game too. So he's wearing so many hats for that Louisiana Lafayette defense. I think he's a player that is really going to appeal to this regime in Cleveland. Now, just one thing here. Now, you mentioned Brisker as maybe the top safety in this class. That's above Kyle Hamilton? Yeah, not – sorry. <laughs> I, I, so here's my thing. I don't consider okay. Kyle Hamilton a safety. I just consider him an ultimate chess piece, all of the above type of player. Okay. He's what I like to call an alien at the position. So, I mean, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, we know. I don't even have to mention him. He's not going to be in the Browns' wheelhouse at all. So – that's why I of course didn't not. mention him, but we know he's a fantastic player. Uh, yeah, when you're in college and you're outside of one hash and intercepting a ball outside of the other hash, I mean, it's <laughs> rare to say Sean Taylor type of stuff, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Sean Taylor type of stuff. Jordan, just some thoughts on the NFL season to this point here. Um, you know, I, I think the AFC has just been absolutely, I, I think the best word to use to describe the AFC is wacky because I think there's such a balance within the AFC. And the NFC, it just seems like the NFC is like to this point, and I think the cream is just kind of kind of rise to the top here, even though there's been a little bit of bumps in the road to this point. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens during the backstretch of this NFL season, just because I don't think there's really any one dominant team in either conference, whether it's the NFC or the AFC. So I think what's been different from years past is that you can pinpoint 
this team is probably going to go on a run to uh, to eventually win a Super Bowl. But right now, it just seems like a toss-up as far as who's going to be in the championship games on either side and then eventually getting to the Super Bowl. So that's my biggest takeaway from the from the NFL season is that there's just really no dominant team going into the, the backstretch of the, the second half of the year. So I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch unfold, especially in the AFC. No doubt, no doubt. He is Jordan Reed. He is now part of the ESPN draft team, um, and certainly well deserved. As I mentioned, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, works his tail off, um, gotten everything uh, through his work, uh, nothing handed to him. So uh, make sure you are following along at Jordan underscore Reed. Um, you're going to see a lot more of Jordan as uh, this goes on here. Um, we start to close out the regular season, start shifting to off season in the NFL. Couldn't be happier and couldn't happen to a better person. Couldn't happen to a more deserving person. So appreciate Jordan here for his time today. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. And as you guys know, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.